0: Second Corinthians chapter four. Therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to part- practice cunning or to tamper with God's word, but by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the size, sight of God. Let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God.
1: Thanks, Annie. Uh, Do keep your Bibles open if you have them open to that passage. We're going to work through that together. Let's pray and ask God for his help. Heavenly Father, thanks for your word. Please work through it now to strengthen our faith in Jesus and help us to live for him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, In many of the greatest stories that we have... There's a moment where the hero nearly gives it up. Uh, like in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Frodo, he's on a great quest to destroy the One Ring once and for all, and yet everything has gone wrong. War has broken out, friends has, have died, he's been separated from his allies and he's been captured. Good intentioned men have sidetracked his quest seemingly for good and he nearly gives up I can't do this Sam he says he's lost the will to go on he's lost heart but Sam who is the real hero of the Lord of the Rings just try and persuade me otherwise he says something really insightful here's what he says he says I know it's all wrong by rights we shouldn't even be here But we are. It's like those great stories, Mr Frodo, the ones that really mattered, full of darkness and danger they were. And sometimes you didn't want to know the end because how could the end be happy? How could the world go back to the way it was when so much bad had happened? But in the end, it's only a passing thing, this shadow. Even darkness must pass. A new day will come, and when the sun shines, it'll shine out the clearer. Those were the stories that stayed with you, that meant something, even if you were too small to understand why. But I think, Mr Frodo, I do understand. I know now. Folk in those stories had lots of chances of turning back, only they didn't. They kept going, because they were holding on to something. Frodo looks up at him and asks... What are we holding on to, Sarah? That there's some good in this world, Mr Frodo, and it's worth fighting for. Now, as we live as Christians in the world, it's painfully easy for us to give up, right? The Christian life is hard. We face confusion and mocking and rejection and trouble from outsiders. We're learning to live together as a church family and families are always hard, right? Sometimes we get hurt. We learn to forgive, to say sorry, to be patient, to love those who are suffering. And the whole time, we're still growing. We face our own suffering. We feel the pressure of a hostile world. We battle against temptation and sin, and sometimes we fail. Growth is painful, and it seems slow. The Christian life is hard. And like Frodo, there are times when I've said, I can't do this anymore. Maybe you've been there too. But into the darkness of our despair, this chapter from Paul is like a shining light. Paul tells us why, even though we face intense difficulties, even though he faces intense difficulties, struggles, suffering, mocking and persecution, he doesn't give up. He doesn't lose heart. And like Sam, Paul says to us, don't give up. Don't lose heart because we are holding on to something greater. The shadow will pass, and what lies on the other side is beyond comparison with our present suffering. Don't lose heart, because God is graciously and powerfully working through us for our good and for his glory. He's going to give us three reasons to not lose heart, three things to hold on to, three things to keep us going when all seems dark. I don't know about you, but I need to hear those three things. So let's jump in. First, Paul says, don't lose heart because God works through the simple proclamation of the gospel. We've got no slides today. Hmm. Don't lose heart because God works through the simple proclamation of the gospel. (laughs) Remember, Paul's writing this letter to the church in Corinth because things are hard. Their relationship is strained. They're disappointed with Paul. Other teachers are trying to lead them away from Paul and away from the gospel. And so Paul writes this letter to them to call them to stick with the gospel and to their partnership with him. He just told them how he and all of us can join the gospel parade to make Jesus known with confidence because God makes us sufficient and changes hearts by his spirit. We get to be involved in this glorious new covenant ministry of God where he is changing hearts by his spirit. And because of this great privilege, Paul doesn't lose heart. Verse one, therefore, having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. See, even being involved in this ministry is a gift of God's mercy. And so Paul doesn't give up. Instead, he just gets on with the simple proclamation of the gospel. See there in verse 2. But we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways. We refuse to practice cunning or to tamper with God's word. But by the open statement of the truth, we would commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. You know, the Corinthians, they might have heard from these other teachers that Paul has messed with the gospel. Or they might think that he should tweak it a bit so that he can get a better hearing. But Paul's not going to change the message to suit his hearers. He's not going to use clever methods or slick presentations to try and trick people into the kingdom. Paul's mission is the simple, clear, open proclamation of the gospel. Okay, Paul, but what about the people who don't get it, who don't respond? If your gospel is so clear, what about them? Should we change the message or use tricky means so that they can be reached? Well, no, because the problem isn't the message. That's what Paul says in verse 3. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The problem is not with the message. The problem is the enemy, the great enemy of God and his people, Satan. He's blinded them from seeing the light of the gospel. He's blinded them from seeing Jesus, the one who is the very image of God. The problem isn't the message. The problem is the hearers who are blind and the enemy who blinds them. See, we are in a battle. And there's an enemy who wants to stop people from seeing Jesus. But again, we shouldn't lose heart. It would be easy to lose heart if it depended on us, right? We can't open blind eyes or change hard hearts. But God can. Verse 5, for what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. See what Paul's saying here? God works through simple gospel proclamation to do his work of new creation. The same God who said, Let there be light on the first day of creation, does a work of new creation in our hearts. He graciously shines the light of the gospel into the darkness of our hearts so that our eyes might be opened to see Jesus, so that in Jesus we might see the very glory of God Himself. Paul experienced this for himself on the Damascus Road. Do you remember? He was persecuting God's people, but on the road he met the risen Jesus. A great light shone all around him. He heard Jesus speak to him. He was blinded for a time, but his eyes were opened to Jesus. God did his work of recreation in Paul's heart. Did you notice what the simple gospel message that Paul proclaims is? Let's just come back to verse 5. For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, with ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. Paul doesn't proclaim himself. The Corinthians shouldn't be so hung up on who he is or isn't, because it's not about him. He is just a servant. It is all about Jesus Christ as Lord. Now, this is a very powerful summary of the gospel. Paul used it in a few places, and there's so much packed into these four short words. That Jesus of Nazareth is the Christ, the King God promised to send his people in ages past. That Jesus, the same one who was crucified and died for our sins in shame, he's now risen and vindicated as Lord. That this crucified, risen king is God. Paul speaks of him as Lord using the same word used for Yahweh, the covenant keeping God of Israel. And that because Jesus is the crucified and risen king, he is Lord over all the universe. And so he makes a claim on us. He calls us to repent and trust in him, to submit to him as our Lord. And because he is Lord, it is a call that we must respond to. See how much Paul has packed into those few short words? This is a simple gospel message that Paul proclaims. It's not about him. It's all about Jesus. And God works through this simple gospel message to, pro- to recreate hearts to shine light into darkness. That's why as a church, we're all about proclaiming Jesus Christ to present everyone mature in him. God worked through the simple proclamation of the Jesus Christ as Lord to do his work of recreation, to grow us to be more like Jesus. This work of sharing the good news of Jesus is not just for guys like Paul. It's actually a task for each and every one of us. This is the mission of all God's people to simply and boldly proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord wherever we go. But don't lose heart because God works through it. You don't need to know a lot, you don't need fancy and tricky techniques, you don't need to spruce up the message a little bit so that people are more likely to respond. In fact, don't do that. That's just tampering with God's word. It means that we don't need to be impressive. You don't need to be a perfect Christian. You don't have to have everything under control because it's actually not about you. You're not proclaiming yourself. You're proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord. And so just simply and clearly with the wisdom and the gentleness and the grace that God gives you in the moment, share that Jesus Christ is Lord. And God will work. He will do his work of recreation in people's hearts. Not always, sometimes people won't respond, but where God wills, he will do his work and people will be changed. Now, maybe God is working in your heart this morning. Maybe you haven't trusted in Jesus yet. Maybe you haven't recognised him as your Lord. Hear what Paul says. Jesus Christ is Lord. The one who suffered and died for your sins, who rose again in victory and rules over all the universe, he offers you full and free forgiveness, eternal life, adoption as God's son or daughter, real, full life. And all you need to do is trust in him. To recognise him as your Lord and turn to him in trust. The offer is there to you today. Will you recognise Jesus Christ as your Lord? Come have a chat to me later, I'd love to talk to you about it. Don't lose heart. God works through the simple proclamation of the gospel brings us to the second reason not to lose heart don't lose heart because God works through our weaknesses to show his power that's where Paul goes in verse 7 but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us Now, a jar of clay might be something precious for us. It might be something you put up on a shelf and and guard because it looks nice. But in Paul's day, a clay jar is basically like a disposable plastic bag. It's nothing special. It's made to be used and then thrown away. And God has put this great treasure, the gospel of Jesus Christ as Lord, in disposable plastic bags like you and I. With all our weaknesses and our flaws, all our failings, our health problems, our struggles, our limited abilities, our garbled words, our fears and worries, our limited capacity. The Corinthians weren't very impressed with Paul. He wasn't a great orator like others. He wasn't showy and impressive. He didn't demand financial support from them like other fancy so-called gospel teachers. He was a clay jar a plastic bag, unimpressive, a bit lame. But that's the point. God uses people like us to show that it's his power, not ours. He is the one who can change hearts. He is the one who does the work of recreation, not us. And it makes sense that God would do it this way. Remember, we don't proclaim ourselves, but Jesus Christ. Paul wants them to see how the gospel, in the gospel, they can find joy in weakness and strength in God. You'll, you know, it's on the picture on the front of your bulletins, a picture of a clay jar, in case you had not noticed. And this is why because our weaknesses aren't an accident, they're part of the plan. They're not bugs, they're features. God is working through weak people like us to shine the spotlight on his power. This means that Christian life and Christian ministry will always include suffering. Verse 8, Paul says, We're afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Doesn't sound like an attractive job proposition, does it? You wouldn't put this on the job advertisement. The work of ministry, of following and proclaiming Jesus, is hard. It involves suffering, persecution, anxiety for the church and God's people, rejection by those close to you. Late nights and early mornings, a front row seat to suffering and to anguish. For Paul, his ministry meant stonings and floggings and shipwrecks and imprisonment. But this didn't stop him. He was afflicted but not crushed. Struck down but not destroyed. None of those things ended Paul or his ministry because God was working through him because it wasn't his power, it was God's. He certainly suffers and Paul's honest about how difficult it is. He suffers like Christ suffered, bearing in his body the death of Jesus. That's what Paul said to expect if we follow him. But God's sustaining him through suffering shows to others the power of God and the resurrection life of Jesus. So he suffers all these things for the sake of the Corinthians, for the sake of those he's preaching to. And he doesn't lose heart because his weaknesses show God's power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. Verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith... According to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we also speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Paul has seen God's power in the resurrected Jesus. He was face to face with him on the road. And he knows that same power is at work in our weaknesses. God will also raise us and we will be in his presence forever. And so, like the psalmist in Psalm 116, Paul proclaims God's mercy and power even in the midst of his suffering. The Christian life is hard. Jars of clay, like you and I, might feel that we're going to be broken beyond repair. But don't lose heart. God is working in our weakness, even in our suffering, to show His power, and He will raise us up on the last day. Following Jesus is going to be hard. We're going to face suffering. That's part of taking up our cross and following Him. But the hard, and the hard reality is that it's going to show up our weaknesses. But that's a point. Because as God works in and through our weaknesses, it's his power that's on display to those around us. I think we live in a culture that is so much like that of ancient Corinth. Success is praised and failure is minimised. We show our lives to others through these Instagram filters where everything seems rosy, where our weaknesses have been photoshopped out, Well, all we show is that stiff upper lip. That's what we see on TV. It's what we see on Facebook. It's what we're tempted to show to one another, even at church, right? We're told to hide your weaknesses and maximise your strengths. But can you see that that's the opposite of what Paul is saying here? We are clay jars, We can find joy in our weakness because that's where God's power is on display. So I want to say to you, don't hide your weaknesses because that's where God's power is being shown. Don't hide your fears, your temptations, your struggle, your grief. Don't hide your doubts. Don't hide your weaknesses. Be willing to open up to each other and to outsiders because it's as God works in our weaknesses that his power is displayed. It also means that we are a bunch of clay jars jammed together in a church family. That's how God made it. It means that sometimes you are going to be frustrated with the weaknesses of the clay jars around you. We need to learn to be patient with each other. To remember that it's in our weaknesses that God works to show his power. And in those moments when you're discouraged, when all you can see are your weaknesses, when you wonder how on earth God could use you, when you want to give up, don't lose heart. Because the same God who made the world and who raised Jesus from the dead is using our weaknesses to show his power and he will raise up uh, us up to be with him forever. That's how he loves to work, to show his power. So don't lose heart. We're up to the last reason. Don't lose heart because God works for our glory, for his glory and our eternal glory. Verse 15, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Why do all this? Paul says it's for God's glory as more and more people hear the gospel and believe. All this is about God, not about us. It's about His glory, not ours. We want our church family to grow in number for God's glory. We want to see more and more people in Toowoomba and the Darling Downs in the world hearing the gospel, seeing Jesus, glorifying God, and giving thanks to Him. That's our goal. That's a mission that God has given us. That's why we're proclaiming Jesus Christ to present everyone mature in Him. But there's something amazing to see here. You see, in His grace, God is also working for our good. Paul says God is working for our glory too. Verse 16. So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. See, God is working for our glory now as he's renewing us day by day. Even as our bodies get older, as things break down and medications increase, even then God is working in our hearts to renew us day by day, to change us to be more like Jesus, to grow us so that more and more we reflect his glory. And he's preparing us for this glorious future that he's got stored up for us. Verse 17. For this light, momentary affliction, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are (coughs) eternal. All of Paul's stonings, floggings, betrayal, anxiety, shipwrecks, It is all a light and momentary affliction. It's not that it doesn't hurt him. He struggles and he suffers. He cries out to God. But it is all light and momentary compared to the eternal weight of glory that God has prepared for him this suffering is for a little while but the future is eternal this suffering is small, the glory to come is great, comparing the two is like comparing the size of an ant with the Milky Way galaxy it is beyond all comparison God is preparing for us a weight of glory beyond what we can imagine glory that will last forever Sam's words to Frodo were more right than he knew He said the shadows are only a passing thing. A new day will come. And when the sun shines, it will shine out all the clearer. And he was right. This suffering now is a light and momentary affliction. God has this great eternal glory stored up for us. The best is yet to come. There's a YouTube channel I love called Winter He's making a machine that'll play music with marbles. It's a huge job and he keeps designing things and welding them together and onto his machine. They take hours and hours and hours of work and then he finds that they don't work properly and so he pulls out his angle grinder and he cuts them off. But he has this sticker on his angle grinder that I love. It says, pain is temporary, glory is forever. I don't think he understands how true that is. That is what Paul is saying. This pain is temporary. It's light and momentary. But the glory that God has sought up for us is forever. So don't lose heart. Don't give up. No matter what you're suffering now, no matter your struggles or your pain. Yes, cry out to God. Call on him in your suffering the psalmist did and Paul did too but in it all don't lose sight of the eternal glory that God has sought up for us eternity to enjoy him with no more suffering or sorrow or pain a future that can't even be compared with our present suffering beyond all our imagination as sure as the sun will rise tomorrow as sure as God made the world as sure as he raised Jesus from the dead he is faithful His promises are sure. He is preparing that eternal weight of glory for us and he will deliver. So let's join together in proclaiming Jesus Christ for God's glory and for our good so that more and more people might hear, believe and know that glory too. Christian life is hard. It would be easy to give up but don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart because God works through the simple proclamation of the gospel. Don't lose heart because God works through our weaknesses to show his power. And don't lose heart because God works for his glory and for our eternal glory. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for these words of hope and encouragement from Paul. Thank you that in the midst of all the suffering and trouble of this life, we cannot lose heart, not give up. Thank you that you work in and through our weaknesses to show your glorious power to those around us and to us. Thank you that these light and momentary afflictions are preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Please help us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, to look to the things not that are seen but that are unseen, the things that are eternal, not the things that are temporary. Strengthen us to live for you and proclaim the good news of Jesus this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.